0: Let's have a moment of prayer. We thank you, God, for the children, and we thank you, God, for the community that you're building here at Lotta Hope. We ask, O oh Lord, for your mercies as we continue to follow your will, as you continue to kind of stretch us and even get us out of our comfort zones. But speak to us this morning through your word. May the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto thee, O Lord. And may the hearers not only be hearers, but doers of your word. Through Christ we thank you. Amen. If you have scripture with you, I want to encourage you and invite you to join with me in the fourth gospel, which is John chapter, uh, the gospel of John. And I will be reading out of chapter 12, John chapter 12, verse 12. So if you have your scripture, I will be reading out of John chapter 12, verse 12. We'll go through verse 19, and uh, then we will go, as you see in the screens, we'll go from verses 37 to 47 within the same chapter. And you know, just for the sake of it, could we stand today... As we read the word of the Lord. Thank you. Listen to the word of the Lord. The next day the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down to the road to meet him. They shouted, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and wrote on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, Don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at this time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy, but after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what, he, what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. That was the reason so many went out to meet him, because they had heard about his miraculous sign. Then the Pharisees said to each other, "Uh, there's nothing we can do. Uh, Look, everyone has gone after him. We jump to verse 37. But despite all the miraculous signs Jesus had done, most of the people still did not believe in him. I gotta repeat that again. But despite all the miracles, signs Jesus had done, most of the people still did not believe in him. This is exactly what Isaiah the prophet had predicted. Lord, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? But the people couldn't believe. For as Isaiah also said, The Lord has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so that their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and have me heal them. Isaiah was referring to Jesus when he said this because he saw the future and spoke of the Messiah's glory. Many people did believe in him, however, Including some of the Jewish leaders, but they wouldn't admit for, for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue, for they love human praise more than the praise of God. Jesus shouted to the crowd, If you trust me, you are trusting not only me, but also God who sent me. For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. I have come as light to shine in this dark world, so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. I will not judge those who hear me, but don't obey me. For I have come to save the world and not to judge it. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. We are currently going through a, a brief series during this month that I have called I Have Come. And I was compelled with this phrase, as I was beginning to prepare back in in, 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 in perhaps in December and January for lent messages I, I was compelled by the the frequent the frequent uh, statement of Jesus saying, "I have come there's actually over twenty one statements that jesus said and, and explain the purpose for which He came. Some are similar. Some are very different. Some are very conflictive. And some are very, very difficult to understand. For example, there is one that says, I have come to bring division. Hmm. Harsh words that are not typically associated with the loving Lord that we serve. But also he even said, I have come to set this world on fire. (laughs) Last week, however we had an experience in, in which we actually had that practiced the, the spiritual discipline of Lectio Divina as we did the sermon altogether, and, and And we found it very compelling to, to, to focus on that one verse and read it over and over again for the 15-20 minutes we were here discussing it and asking ourselves several questions. And the verse is, Jesus, answer them. Healthy people don't need a doctor sick people do I have come to call those who think not to call excuse me I have come not to call those who think they are good any of you think you're good let me see the hands any of you think you're good Uh uh-huh okay Otis I know you dropped it real quickly You probably remembered a few seconds ago. Any of us think we're good? No, we're not. Actually, the the psalmist even says, and and, and the apostle in Romans remembers it and says, there is not even one, not even one that wishes to do good, not even one that would follow. So he came, not to those who think that are good, but to those who know. For those who know, for those who know, they are sinners and in need of repentance. And we dwelt in that verse and we asked ourselves, what was the Lord telling us? What was the Lord speaking to us? And what was the Lord asking us to do? And I know lives were transformed. Today I want to continue with that series that I have come. And in this text that, that we have this morning, we actually have... Three of those statements. Two of them are very black and white, and one of them is implicit. The first one that is implicit is, is, is the one that Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets. And Matthew perhaps gives us a better picture because, in, in many occasions, when Jesus has accomplished or has done a miracle or a sign, Matthew has this wonderful habit of saying, As scripture said, He did. But John also reminds us here that this action of Jesus walking into the city of Jerusalem from the East Gate and accepting the claim of King and Lord, even though he knew that the kingship and the lordship that they were offering him was the wrong one, he decided to still walk in the faith that he was doing the will of God those others misinterpreted. So Matthew reminds us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, he says, Don't misunderstand why I have come, Jesus said. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses, but I have come to accomplish their purposes. And Jesus, walking into Jerusalem in a donkey cult, was accomplishing God's purposes. So implied in this story, we have one of the I have comes to fulfill the law of the prophets. It is amazing how Jesus is able to fulfill not only the law of the prophets, but the entire entire scope of scripture. Calvin, one of our favorite theologians in the Presbyterian church, perhaps founder, actually called Jesus and loved to describe Jesus in the Old Testament as shadows of the Lord, of the Messiah. He described Jesus as he saw Jesus in the Old Testament as And metaphors, signs pointing to the Messiah. And he was so big at it that he drew this list because he saw Jesus in Genesis as he is the Creator God. In Exodus, we see Jesus as he is the Redeemer, getting the people out of slavery into freedom. In Leviticus, he is your sanctification. In Numbers, he is your guide as you go through the wilderness of your lives. In Deuteronomy, he is your teacher as he teaches us the ways of life. In Joshua, he is our mighty conqueror. In Judges, he is the victory over enemies. In Ruth, he is the kinsman, your lover, your redeemer. In 1 Samuel, he is the root of Jesse. In 2 Samuel, he is the Son of David, do I hear an amen around here? In 1st and 2nd Kings, he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In 1st and 2nd Chronicles, he is your intercessor and your highest priest. In Ezra, he is the rebuilder of the temple of your house of worship. In Nehemiah, he builds the mighty walls that will protect you from God's enemies. In Esther, he stands in the gap to deliver you from your enemies. In Job, he is the arbitrator who not only understands your struggles, but has power to do something about them. In the Psalms, he is your song and the reason for you to sing. In Proverbs, he is your wisdom helping you make sense of life in this crazy world in which we live and reach some levels of success. In Ecclesiastes, he is your purpose, delivering you from your vanity. In Song of of Solomon, he is your lover. He is the Rose of Sharon. In Isaiah, he is the mighty counselor, the prince of peace, the mighty everlasting father, the king of kings. In Jeremiah, oh, in Jeremiah, he's the balm of Gilead who soothes solves and, and, and heals your sickness in soul. In lamentation, he is the ever faithful one upon whom you can depend. In Ezekiel, he is the wheel of the middle and the wheel of the one who assures that dry bones will come alive together again. In Daniel, he is the ancient of days, the everlasting one, the one who stands in the midst of the fire. In Hosea, he is your faithful lover. In In Joel, he is your future, your refuge. In Amos, he is your husbandman, the one who came, the one that you can depend, the one that is in your side. In Obadiah, he is the Lord of the kingdom. In Jonah, he is your salvation, your deliverer that yanks you out of darkness. In In Nahum, he is the jealous God. In Micah, he is the judge of the nations. In Habakkuk, He's the Holy One. In Zephaniah, he is the witness. In Haggai, he, is the o- he overthrows the enemies. In Zechariah, he is the Lord of hosts. And in Malachi, he is the messenger of the covenant. He has come. Has he come to speak to your heart? Has he come to speak to your life? You see, because even in the text that we have, as he walked into the city and he received all these alaka- uh, uh, praises, He knew that there was a plot behind the scenes that was taking place. And in the end verses, he says, I have come as light. And I have come so that you don't remain in darkness. For I have come to save the world and not to judge it. There are over seven or eight amazing TV shows. The people's court was the one of the first ones. Judge Judy. Any others? Judge Mathis. Judge Jones. Who else? Uh-huh. You know, those, you watch all that stuff? I just gave you a litany of who Jesus was and you're watching those judges? Well, the idea is that uh, Jesus said that, I have not come to judge. Jesus did not come to judge. Oh, I I have to clarify this. Because Jesus did not come to judge in his first advent. Uh, And that means in his first appearance with us in Galilee, in Palestine. He still has not shown up the second time because the second time he comes around, he's coming to judge the nations. But at this time, he is not your judge. At this time, there is no judge Jesus. There is no court of judge Jesus. If there is one, it may be some other churches. But here, we won't be judging you because we will be loving you. Ah, I got some witness there. Okay. Because that's the core of it all. Jesus is not here to judge you. And between this, Jesus that has not been come to judge us and the one that's going to come to be the king, the ruler, the judge of all nations, between that Jesus and his second coming, we're not going to be judging. We're just going to be loving. Because that's what he came for. And Jesus has, we've heard it, just as the Father has sent me, I have sent who? No, not you, us. We own it when we read scripture here. We embrace it. Just as the Father has sent Jesus, he has sent us. Not to be judges. Not to be condemners. Oh, there's plenty of that out there. And you know what we have found out? And and I have a friend here who has also found that out with me. that, that, That there is no worse person blaming me for my faults than myself. And, and we play that game, but Jesus came to save the world and not to judge it. Jesus came so that we can live in light and not in darkness. Jesus came, I repeat so that, we, so that He can be saved, so that we can be saved and not judged. He came so that we can live in light and not in darkness. You see, He, 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 he saved us from darkness, so that He brings us His light. He saves us from destruction so that we can build with Him, who is the cornerstone, a new life. He saves us from selfishness so that we can, we can have a life of gratitude and a life of giving to others. He saves us from injustice so that we can do justice to others. He saves us from ugliness. Oh, yeah, ugliness. So that we can be the beauty to other people's lives. He saves us from slavery and trafficking so that we can offer freedom and empowerment. He saves us from racism and all the isms so that we can be one in harmony with Jesus. He saves us from division so that we can collaborate and share. He saves us from hatred to God's abundant and insatiable love. He saves us from hurting one another to build love and forgive one another's. He saves us from exploiting so that we can mutually respect and admire one another. He saves us from oppression for freedom and integrity. He saves us from consumerism, oh could we, so that we can seek true spirituality. He saves us from our own self-destructive patterns to newness of life in God's kingdom. Jesus came not to judge but to save. Jesus came to offer you light so that you wouldn't live in darkness. What are you going to do with this Jesus? What are you going to do with this Jesus? Are we going to domesticate him some more? Are we going to forget it? Are we going to ignore it once we live here? You know, I am praying this moment that you can't just ignore Jesus. Because when I preach God's word, it is only me preaching But the words are spirit and God's spirit is in those words and they are in your heart. And I pray that God will not give you peace until you find true rest in Christ. He is not a judge. He is a savior. Will you allow him? Will you welcome the master in your life? not as the one who is going to solve all the problems of Israel, but as the one who is the king above all kings, who will not only solve perhaps the outside, but has come so that you have light in your life and be saved and not judged. Amen. Amen.